Hey, what's up? You're listening to Radcast. We are a podcast for Jax's Rad in Jacksonville, Florida, and our mission is to shine a light on artists, musicians, and local businesses who make our city rad. So today, we're all quarantined in Florida, Jacksonville, and we actually are down in St. Augustine today, still part of the 904, and we have a rad guest today. We are in a letterpress studio with the founder, owner, and director of Imagination, Ryan Tempro of MC Pressure. Hey, welcome to the show, Ryan. <laughs> we have Ryan Tempro here from MC Pressure. We're down in St. Augustine today. Welcome to the Radcast podcast. Thanks so much for having me. How's your quarantine life going? I mean, it's it's going, I guess. I don't. It's like hard to hard to say, but in in some ways, it's been nice to sort of slow down and and take a breather for things. But in other ways, it's like a little concerning that all of these things are happening and there's not a whole lot that we can really do about it. But yeah, have you seen a lot of change with just like the community down here in St. Augustine? I mean, so St. Augustine is very driven on tourism. Yeah. So like the whole industry is sort of based oh on people being here, and when there aren't people here, it's a little. Uh, like a little jaunting yeah and so the streets are very empty not like in a way that i haven't seen in so long um so yeah have you been like downtown to yeah, see because i'll like no i have to there. go to the post office sometimes like drop off packages or like yeah. do whatever and just like there's like no one like crazy no i mean there are people around but like not like there used to be it used to be i mean the even even leaving here around five to go drop things off at the post office it would sometimes i don't know take like 30 minutes to go there and back and it's, it's probably a mile and a half from here or something and uh and now i can get there and back in like 10 so it's it's very surprising that's so crazy yeah, yeah. none of uh, that's like my memories in st augustine is like all the tourists driving around to yeah the terrible drivers yeah people that don't realize what streets are what yeah. they're just going or stopping when they're not supposed to be stopping right and... <laughs> i have no idea where they're going <sighs> Um, to be fair, it is it is confusing. If you don't know, it can be. Con- I could see how people yeah. would be, but it is frustrating to deal with. <laughs> we won't judge you, the people that are listening. <laughs> um, so back to Ryan. I knew Ryan when I was at Flagler. That's we true. were just yeah. talking about that. We were trying to remember the first time that we had actually met, and I yeah, I mean, I believe it was in the art room. Yeah, at Flagler S seven. Um, and Ryan, I just remember Ryan coming up and asking me a million questions, and I was like. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, <laughs> but I told I thought you had a live trace because I was a senior. I was about to graduate, and then Ryan was probably a sophomore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at that time I was, and uh, I and don't just know. getting in the program. Yeah, too. like just starting all of like the things on the computer because uh, you kind of have to start with a lot of fundamentals before that. And I don't know. I don't remember exactly what it was about it, but maybe that you were working on something that looked similar to what I was trying to achieve, or probably maybe you were just more approachable than anybody else yeah. in there at the time. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I do remember that because I was thinking about that before we started this. I was like, when was the first time that I? Yeah, had... I think so. And then I like knew you just from like going after graduating and coming back to St. Augustine. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, Flagler is such a it's small like school that if you. people if yeah. people go there, it's and you're in the art department, you probably know the other people. Right. It's like very unlikely that you wouldn't. Uh, yeah. And so I think everybody's just kind of aware to some degree of what what everybody is doing. And now, so, what made you choose Flagler? Because you were a graphic design major. I was. I were double, you fine art? I, yeah, I double majored when it was nice. <laughs> when you could do that. I think it's it sounds like it's much more difficult now yeah. from what I hear from students, but. 
yeah, I double majored in fine art and graphic design, and it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Flagler was a school. The reason I guess I chose Flagler, I'm from Bradenton, Florida originally, okay. which is near Sarasota and Tampa. So it's uh, it's closer to Ringling, uh, which is like another really great art school. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just like at the time it was more affordable. Yeah. And still in Florida and had a, I don't know. I mean, everybody says it like a beautiful campus and it was... Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like probably so many things happened to align the day that I came to visit Flagler right. versus maybe any any other school. That's how in I always felt too. Uh, I was like, this is meant to be. Yeah, like it just it felt it felt sort of right, and it it seemed like the kind of thing that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and so yeah, I double majored in fine art and graphic design. And did you like beforehand? Did you know anything about it? About Flagler? About design? Uh, like, do you were you always creative? Like. Do you always try to, like, figure things out? Or? I mean, I think that, yeah, I think people would probably say that I, I've i always been creative. As a young kid, I always loved to draw, yeah. and I really liked doing that. I always had sketchbooks, and um, my dad works at, like, an Apple retail store, so he does a lot of stuff with computers, and so I felt like it was just destined to, like, sort of merge the two, where I wanted to sort of be involved and around these things, but uh, had never really done them I just knew that I loved to draw and I love computers, so it seemed like the logical jump would be to do them together, kind of thing. Um, Same. That's how I felt yeah. about it. And so I, yeah, I, I guess I came across Flack there and decided to do that. And when I got in, I was like, well, I guess I there aren't. If I pick the right electives and maybe do an extra semester, I think I can get a degree in fine art as well. Right. Uh, and so, sure enough, like what I did, and I think that it helped because it it kept me making things in the sort of like physical world of things like painting and sculpting and uh, like printmaking in general overall. Right. But then also I could take those skills and color theory and all of these different aspects and then kind of translate them into what I was learning or doing in design. Definitely. And that was really helpful. Yeah. I'm sure like even looking back for me, like I'm really grateful I have that degree yeah. too. Cause it is more like business minded too. Yeah. Of it's like more approaching of like, more people than right. just like, the fine art degree. Too. Sure. But so, yeah, you were, how did you yeah get into prints? Like what made you like, like the handprint stuff? Cause you, I'm sure you took screen printing. So I took screen and printing. I don't even know what they had. There. They had I took screen printing with Don Martin. Yeah. And then they, awesome. they had relief printing. I didn't take relief and they had intaglio. I also did not take that. It just never, I think because of me trying to do the double major at the same time, I was never able to like line up the classes that I needed to be able to have almost any printmaking classes and then so my senior year me and a friend just took screen printing as an independent study with cool. Don and that was like our first introduction into that kind of thing um and so I don't know I guess the way that I oh gosh I don't know how I got necessarily into printing in the same way I guess there's like a lot of things that yeah. sort of led up to it so I I was really into painting when I had taken painting one and then ended up taking painting two the kind of paintings that I was making were very tedious and a lot of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And so maybe in that way, it's similar to printing because right. you're doing the same thing over and over again. Um, but I ended up, process. yeah, I ended up getting a job uh, or I guess learning in design about letterpress printing and just the different print methods. I took print production, uh, which like is not actually a class that they teach anymore. At right. it's like really? Super shame. It's, it was so good. Uh, and also super informative as a yeah, designer to like was. know how to set up files I or to know what to stuff, set. But yeah, the, that teacher told us. I don't even remember his name. Scott Gamble. Oh, that was was that his name? Probably. I mean, that's who I had. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but he would come in from Gainesville like once a yes, week. Yes, yeah, that yeah. was him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
he um he taught us a lot i feel and so i learned about letterpress and i just i don't know maybe just loved the idea of it a lot at the time i worked at a, a little uh, like a shoe store here in town and they had a small tabletop heat press that was in theory kind of like how a letterpress would work i mean at its like basic form um and so they weren't using it for anything anymore. And I asked if I could borrow it. And they were like, like looking back and I'm like, I don't know why they ever did. Cause it's like some random employee right. they had, but they're like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And so I had it in my, in my room at the house and, uh, would cut linoleum blocks and sort of ink them by hand and like make these very, I don't know, like crude letterpress prints yeah. or like relief prints in general. Um, and then come to find out that a friend of mine was working at a stationary shop here in town and, uh, they had a letterpress and they were looking for some extra help. And so I brought in a couple of the samples that I had uh, and ended up getting a job there uh, working as like their pressman. That's awesome. It's really awesome. And it's like, looking back, I was like, man, I don't even know how any of that really came together yeah. in the end. Well, um, I remember you, I remember even stopping by like the art building afterwards and you were always in there, like working too at night. I don't yeah. know, was that after college? That was after college so too. So when I graduated, I came back to do my BFA. So there was one okay. semester after I graduated that I came back. Um, I just remember one time you were like screen printing invitations or something like that. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every once in a while because there was just, like, a good setup there for exposing screens yeah. and doing things that like that. That was awesome. Yeah. I miss that. Good times. I know. <laughs> now, you're, now you're in the real world. And you I know. Have to, like find Wait, everything or make it yourself or pay top dollar for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. So you kind of, so you're teaching yourself and you got that job. Yeah. And I learned and then, a lot of the basics. And have you always wanted your own business too? Um, or are you kind of like, as you grew, you were like. I think it, I think it like, was like a development of a lot yeah. of things. So I, I learned a lot of the basics at that shop. It's not around anymore. I think that they might still be doing some things in form, but they're not like locally yeah. here in St. Augustine anymore. And um, when I graduated, I left there. I went to New York for an internship that was unrelated to um, like letterpress or anything yeah. like that. And it was more in fine art. Um, and I, I think doing that i was it was it was helping an artist with her exhibit at the museum of modern art cool. which is like a huge thing to be a part of and it was really cool to do okay. uh but i think in doing that i also realized that i didn't want to be a full-time graphic designer mm. because i didn't i i don't know in some ways i didn't feel like i was prepared enough like right. my work wasn't as good as it could be or should be maybe um being in new york is like such a competitive and there's environment and there's so many uh good designers there um and so when I was finished with the internship, I came back to St. Augustine and my boss at the time um, wasn't really going to pay me much more than what I was. And I'd gotten like very proficient at it and like could, could do quite a bit. Um, and so instead I ended up getting a job at a screen printing shop here in town and doing some work for them. And it wasn't a very um, creative outlet. It was more for sort of industrial printing um like heavy duty industrial printing and my boss there I, I he knew i was interested in letterpress and he had a friend who used to have a letterpress shop and had a couple of small presses and invited him to the like shop one day and i talked to him and, and he sold me uh two little presses that needed some love and sure enough like i i, I bought them and i was able to clean one of them up fully and kind of get it up and running and that's so I think awesome. from there, I was like, I, I think I want to do this. Like, I started something small just to sort of know, like, yeah. 
when whenever I could, sort of on the the kitchen table of of the like the house that I was living at the time, like just making prints here and there for people that that needed them or things that I could take on overall. How many prints could you do at a time, or was it just like one by one? It was all one by one, kind of like how it is now. I mean, yeah. to a degree. Okay. Um, but it was a small tabletop press, and it measured like its its um, like image area was five by eight at the max. So it's it wasn't very big, and even when you do get it to that size, it's not uh, it's not very accurate. So yeah. it was it was really great at doing some business cards like we had done in the beginning, uh, just like for friends or or people or little products here and there. Uh, but it takes like both arms to push it down and close all the way. So it's also like very labor intensive. Right. Uh, and so it was, I don't know. It was one of those things that I think I could, I had just hoped that if I could make it long enough on this kind of press, maybe I could work my way up to getting one. Like I used to operate at that shop yeah. uh, that was on a motor and it would open and close itself. And all I had to do was feed it in and, and take it back out and set everything up. Uh, and then now here we are with like, I don't know. So, so many presses. Yeah, how many uh, do you have now? Oh gosh, I I don't know. People ask, and I, I actually I don't even like I don't I don't think about them in that in that way all the time. Yeah. We don't use every single one that we have now, but it's mostly because we've used them in the past and have sort of outgrown them, and we keep them around now for maybe certain things here what or there. What kind of printing do you do? You have letterpress. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, I would say that we specialize. We're a, a letterpress print shop. Uh, but we also specialize in like hot foil stamping. We can do embossing. Uh, we recently have added uh, risographs to our lineup. Um, we have some digital capabilities, um, but yeah, it's uh, just like growing. And it, that's like, when did you start seeing that you're like, man, I'm onto something like this actually is growing or did you ever like look up and see that? Huh. I don't know. I think when you're in it, it's just hard to like, you just yeah. gotta like, you can't really focus on it. I guess like the one, I don't know. I, I like, so for a long time, I just, I started MC pressure in 2014 and for a long time, I just worked whenever I could sort of at night or on the weekends or doing things around whatever regular job yeah. I had. Um, and then when I got, there was one job that we had gotten. It was like our biggest job and even probably to date, uh, kind of in scale to some degree and in like, uh, like cost, but uh, we ended up sending out five thousand invitations that we also had to address on, like uh, oh like gosh. print the address on the envelopes digitally, and then also line all of the envelopes, seal them, and and mail them out. And so it was like a huge, huge thing. And they wanted it in a rush, in the week in between Christmas and New Year's. So it was like the like a crazy time to try and like crunch and do these things. And I think once we finally had had that lucky break of this huge job, we were able to. I, I guess I, I we had enough money to be able to try and jump into this full time in a way, or at least try it and right. make sure that it could work. And then from there, we had a little bit of reserve so that if we if we didn't have as much work, we could maybe try and work to find it right. to be able to keep it going. And that's, ever since then, that's what we've done. That's awesome. Do you like? I think because now you're in your new shop. Yeah. You just got that. Yeah. What else has been going on with MC Pressure these uh, days? Okay. What's like the biggest, what's the coolest collaboration that you've done so far, like printing for someone? Ooh, that's yeah. hard. I feel like I'm going to make so many people upset that it's not them. I know. Um, I don't know. I think one of the fun things, I, I really love Hiller Goodspeed. Yeah. Um, I think his, 
his work is just really funny. Um, but she graduated from Flagler. He did. Yeah. I actually did He's, not know him at Flagler. Oh, you didn't? No, he was he not a person that was, like, aware. Like, I wasn't. Yeah. Because he was in my class. Okay. But he had, like, dub- I remember he doubled up, like, a type and portfolio at the same time or something. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe it was before. I remember he doubled up and caught up to our class. Nice. That's all I remember. Uh, we just had some mutual friends, and I had seen his work on Instagram before. And I, I think that there are... I have this, I guess, like a phrase that I say often, but it's letterpress makes bad design good and good design great, or like look great at least. And so in some ways, if you can keep it simple, it often will look great. And when you start getting overcomplicated is when it starts maybe losing its um, its value. Although there there are certain ways that that is not true. Like there are certain complex things that, that letterpress beautifully as well. But I think Hiller's style translates really well into letterpress it seems uh and i think if we were to do it in foil stamping it might not have that same appeal so Mm -hmm. i think that there are certain fits for different things but i really enjoyed um seeing hiller's work and and printing that because it always um like looks really great on press we always have a lot of fun uh, assembling it and seeing what he comes up with and then it also generally gets a good response out of the audience too it seems like everybody sort of loves uh to see his work so I would say he's probably one of my favorites, but we've also, we've, we've done work with such good designers and, and talented creatives just in general that it's, it's really hard to say that we pick one because we've done stuff with local people like Kendrick Kidd. Uh, I know, we were just talking about him. His stuff's awesome, too, up in Jacksonville. Yeah, we've done stuff with some guys, uh, John Custer up in New York, who's really great, uh, Mike Smith in Pennsylvania, so there's like, there, there's a a big awesome creative community out yeah. there and it's been really fun to see what they come up with because everybody has a different style and everybody's looking for something a little different it is really cool do you ever have people that you're like how did you hear about me oh yeah from, like other places all the time yeah it's like whenever i get an email from somebody that i don't know i'm like how did you find us like like how in the world did you come across on all the internet yeah. you came across us or how would they uh, say is it just through social media or just word of mouth a lot of times it's social media um not always sometimes yeah. it's word of mouth sometimes it'll be like oh so and so um you did so-and-so's wedding invites and and we want something else now or so-and-so's business card says that you did this or, or something like that right. so it's it's usually word of mouth and then every once in a while it's like pure pure luck where someone's just googling something and for some reason we're one of the top hits yeah. or something um and people will write into us from that right or they maybe saw our product somewhere or something. is there a journey or like what's your i guess what's your goal for mc pressure too like what's your ultimate goal take over the worlds with letterpress <laughs> i feel like all business people are going to be like what a terrible idea i don't know i don't have like a like a crazy yeah i just like, like next I, goal or... like in in some ways i mean it's like bigger presses yeah like more machines and bigger yeah. spaces uh in like cooler prints and right. in larger formats overall because i think that's like one of the limitations that we have now is sort of a scale issue yeah. of like physical size of a print and i would love to be able to like letterpress print a poster or something like that and we just don't have any presses that are able to do something that large so ideally something like that i imagine the next step which you're already on track for all that too yeah i mean it's been so much fun i i love coming into work every day uh i think that i've been really fortunate and blessed in a lot of ways to have the job that i have the staff and help that i have the access to the machines that I have now it's just it's so much and I, I love coming into work and I think that I I, I kind of don't know what else I would yeah. be doing if I wasn't doing I this because yeah. I enjoy it so much right. uh, and it certainly it does come with frustrations there are days that are hard or that 
things just don't go right for one reason or another. But yeah. at the end of the day, I still love what I do. What advice do you have for someone that wants to start a business or like maybe wants to do what you're doing, like print shop, like anything? I mean, owning a business, it's a lot of work. It is. I don't have a lot of great uh, <laughs> like business advice yeah. because I didn't go to business school. And I feel like in me some ways either. that gets me a little in trouble or not necessarily in trouble, yeah. but I think that it gets... It gets hard because I, it's just things I never had thought about needing to know. And like the biggest thing was like paying sales tax and like all these different things are like you collect things, you collect money for things that you sell in person and and even online to to a degree. And so to to even know some of those things is kind of crazy. Um, If I had advice for somebody that wanted to maybe get into letterpress, um, I would say do some research. I mean, like anything else, it's, um, it's not as easy as it looks. I mean, in theory, sure. It's just like pressing something into something else, but there are all different kinds of presses for all different kinds of printing overall. And also sort of like how much you want to print kind of thing. If you wanted to print a lot of something, certain presses aren't going to be good, but do some research. Um, talk to people that are in the, in the print community to see what they think or if they have anything that's available or, get some time on a press they're not uh they're a little convoluted they're like they're not meant to just be like picked up by anybody so there is certainly a learning curve to them and i think the more experience you can get on one the easier it'll be for you to know whether you want to be the part of that or not yeah um that is great advice because some people think they want to go into it and then they get into it because it's a huge process yeah screen printing and stuff yeah it's like a lot of work we see it happen all the time where new companies will pop up and they're I see it, I, I guess I see it the most in sort of like the wedding industry realm where someone will yeah. make wedding invites and it, it's like a, maybe a husband and wife team and one will design and one will print or, or something, yeah. something to that degree where somebody will get into it and then they realize that it's actually like a lot of work so to, to get all these things. And then just because you have machine doesn't mean that that is like the only piece that you need. You often need like a paper cutter too to cut right. down sheets of paper or to print on any of the prints or cut on any of the prints that you've worked on or... It's a very, yeah, it's very structured. Yeah. And like mathematical. Is it very mathematical too? To a degree, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Just getting everything centered to... Yeah, centered, straight is the biggest thing. Um, And then just consistency across the range of the prints to make sure that you're making the same thing sort of like from beginning to end. Um, What's the the craziest like order you've gotten? Like the... For printing... Is there anything crazy that people have wanted? Uh, I don't know. I mean, crazy in... As in, like, number of colors or mm. anything like that. Um, complicated. Mm. Most complicated? Most complicated order. So we had a, a wedding invitation that we, we did not too long ago for somebody. And it was, it, it was just like a big production. I feel like wedding invitations, more often than not, when certain clients come in with just these like higher budgets and they want something yeah. that it's just like it's not I'm not gonna say that it's, it's not possible but that no one puts into the consideration of how that's constructed and then when we get tasked with constructing it it's kind of a lot to sort of figure out and and and, and make because it's not as easy as oh we'll just glue four sheets of paper together yeah. because it's gonna be too thick to run through the press or something right. so you kind of have to do it in different in different stages but there was a wedding invitation that we did that was blind embossed so the the text was sticking up and there was no ink on top so it was almost like kind of like a hard to read thing um but again sort of stylistically supposed to be that way and so when you emboss something you press it from the back up 
And so it leaves sort of an indentation through the back of the paper. So if you have a two-sided piece of paper, you have to kind of okay. uh, like find a way to hide that if you don't want to see that on the back side. So then we had to glue a double thick sheet of paper to the back of that. But then those two papers weren't the exact same color. They don't make them in the yeah. same, like they didn't make them in two thicknesses. They only had one in oh single and one in double. So then we had to glue another single thick sheet to the back of that double thick sheet for this crazy three layer like Dang. wedding invitation. Uh, and then because the text is sticking up, uh, normally what we'd do is we would print stuff and even if we were to go through that whole process and, and glue sheets together to make them thicker or to do whatever, we would then just end up over at our paper cutter and the paper cutter we would uh, just like cut everything down to the final size. But in doing that, there's a clamp that comes down in the cutter that holds all the papers together. Mm -hmm so it doesn't shift around and so that you get an even cut all the way around. Uh, but because the text was sticking up, you can't use that because the clamp will just crush all of that impression that you just put there. So then we had to run it back through the press as a die cut and just cut it out as a rectangle. So in, in a way like that was one of the biggest sort of like time consuming productions for, for in the end what was 80 imitations. Right. Uh, but I mean, we've had jobs that we, we've done two color coasters that, um, have like very tight registration. We we do them quite a bit. There's a restaurant out in Austin that gets these two color coasters. Um, Crazy. Yeah, and there's like a little square that fits right inside of something. So we have to have like a pretty tight registering job. Uh, and then once they're done printing in the two colors, we run them back through the press to cut them out into their circle okay. shape. Um, and that's always a fun job. I mean, it certainly does take some time, um, but it's a good one. Um, we did a, a wedding invitation that was similar in construction to the other one, except that it was um, the final sheet that it was glued to wasn't even paper, it was book cloth. And so we had to kind of find, find a good way to glue them all down to that. Uh, oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's kind of wild. I feel like we, 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 work, we work with some wedding planners that have some really creative ideas or just the clients have cre like right. really creative ideas. And it's, it's cool to see. But then we've also done things like match matchbooks and matchboxes which right. I never really thought that I would do but uh, I think we were sitting around the office one day and I was like well it would be really awesome if we could let her press these let's just give this a shot and started doing some of them yeah. and it was really which those were like it seems like there was were like big in the 60s too like yeah. I keep seeing like tons of those yeah like too. vintage matchbooks yeah. are like a, a big thing that you'll see out and about uh, and I think in a lot of ways people want to bring That's them awesome. back and I would love to help help bring them back but it's also one of those things that it's the, the way that those are made most likely are in some sort of factory that only makes yeah. those one things and so when we try and make them we can do them but it's not maybe as efficient as a big machine right. that's like made to do it because we're yeah. almost assembling them half by hand or something but um yeah it's it's really fun um but then we do i don't know standard things like so we we end up we have we have two we sort of have two facets to the company we have uh like wholesale and retail like our products that yeah. we have and then we also have custom so we do we make and sell our own products so we have things like greeting cards coasters notepads pencil sets all these different kinds of like paper goods and i i started with this because it was something where i was like well we have all of the things to do this we may as well make something for ourselves too instead of just relying on people bringing us jobs um I also didn't want to have a company that was so, I don't know, stuck up and straightforward in a way. And yeah. so I was like, oh, let's make something fun. And so we started with the Don't Fuck Up the Table Coasters, and they're probably one of our like most popular products. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I do see those like tagged a lot too. Yeah, and we like we have some other products um, 
that have been very popular as well, but then they don't end up like, I I don't know. Some people don't tag, right? Like they don't tag or you did the taco photos. Pro. Yeah, that was a big one too, wasn't it? It was a really fun one. So we did one for my girlfriend's birthday um, a few years back, and after doing it, I was like, oh, this seems like a really fun idea. I wonder if people would be into this. And so we just made a letterpress version of it that was a little bit more generic. Um, so you could pick six different taco places or have six yeah. friends bring over different kinds of tacos uh, and everybody tries them and rates them on a scale from one to five well and speaking of food you have another creative outlet you just <laughs> you've just started or maybe you've done it for a while but you've been making pizzas homemade pizzas i have and ryan just made us a pizza you just ate pizza it's and true. you have your own oven here you're <laughs> making them out of your letterpress studio i have how did you get into that? How how much do you love pizza? <laughs> oh, gosh. I I mean, I feel like I don't want to be like a crazy person. I like yeah. pizza a lot. Yeah. I uh I I think a lot of people would probably say something very similar like that they love pizza. And um I don't know. So I used to work in a pizzeria when I was in high school and we didn't really make pizzas the way that I I make them here uh or that I I make them now. But I as I developed MC Pressure and I learned about the presses and just different uh, like papers and finishes and all of these like different aspects to the company, I didn't need to keep satisfying that curiosity about right. printing in the same way. And so I wanted to focus on something else in a way. And I was like, well, I love I love yeah. pizza. Here in St. Augustine, there, there are like quite a few pizza places but i don't think any of them are exceptional right. in particular so um, i do really like mellow mushroom okay but valleys or pizza time oh gosh <laughs> do you hate that question i i don't <laughs> think either are exceptional i don't think they're that good uh, either they're like they're good I'll, yeah like i will eat either of them right again i just like pizza in general. yeah so um but i think both are good in their yeah. own way um but you were like you want to make better pizza than yeah, well, I like I like mellow mushroom, but it's also a bit expensive. I think it is expensive. I Whenever yeah. I get pizza, I want to get a lot of pizza and then uh -huh. like, have it for leftovers the yeah. next day. And to get a, like a large pizza, I mean, like thirty bucks sometimes. Yeah. Dang, it's kind of wild. So I was like, ah, I bet I can, I bet I can try and make something similar. And then I just kind of went off from there. I was like, no, I don't want to make something similar to mellow mushroom. So I like make my own. Right. Um, and so it's been fun because I've made a lot of pizzas yeah and i've made a lot of bad pizzas how do you find like a recipe and stuff uh i mean i've actually i just i've tried a bunch of different recipes yeah. and then from there just sort of combined the things that i like from different ones okay. until i've landed on like one that i like okay. and actually this one here that i made for us is more of like a general one. it's not the one that i usually will make for like a lot of friends i was actually missing one of the ingredients and i didn't have time to go out to get stuff from the store but it was still pretty good right? yeah no it was so good okay it was um, awesome and you just went up to New York, or you went up like New York to yeah. go for your birthday? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. So, and you went on a pizza. A pizza crawl for my birthday. Pizza crawl. Yeah. So we did a pizza crawl for <laughs> Jesse's birthday several years back. And this year, uh, after like doing so much research into pizza, I was like, I want to go on a pizza crawl. I want to try like a handful of these pizzerias that uh, I've been reading about or seeing online. And not only just in New York, but also in Philly. We took the train down to Philly for a day. And I have to say, I think the pizza in Philly was better. Really? Yeah. Dang. It's so, also, again, the places that we went were like places that I was, yeah. that were like touted as very good. Right. And so. What was your favorite pizza place? Like you went there. 
It's a, so I, it would probably be between the two places in Philly. The place that we went to for, in Philly for lunch was a place called Pizza Shack and Maxon. And I guess in, in the same way that like there's iconic New York style, which is like a big, like thin slice or Chicago deep dish, which is like a, yeah. a different thing overall. Philly and Trent, New Jersey of all places are like touting as like who created this thing called the tomato pie, which is almost like a thicker, gosh, almost like styled right. dough. And then like just tomato sauce on top, no cheese or anything. And usually like oregano, maybe some garlic or olive oil. And it's usually served like cold or at room temperature. Uh, and I'm not a person who prefers my people that way. I know that some people do, but I, I was thoroughly surprised it was like the tomato pie at pizza shack and maxon was pretty incredible and then that night for dinner we went to uh pizzeria Badia, which is run by joe Badia, and he's i don't know I, I i think i've been reading a lot of things about just him and just other pizzerias in general and he's being touted as some of the best pizza in the u.s and so it was a pizzeria that i was really excited to go to yeah. and the pizza was incredible that's awesome yeah. would you All walk in and you're like hey i'm just doing a pizza crawl <laughs> <laughs> i'm from florida it was a little would, did you I tell mean, anybody we we told some people we told uh, the people at pizza shack and maxon and they were so excited that's they were so like funny. oh my gosh that's so cool and and everybody that we kind of had the chance to talk to about it we did yeah um pizzeria Badia was a little busy so it was hard to kind of talk to anybody there too much yeah. about it but we did try and talk to people about it um and like let them know and also kind of like get their opinions like where do you where do you guys think the best pizza is or whatever um but yeah i mean i've just been working on kind of just different recipes for different things and every once in a while i just like text up some friends and be like hey we're That's making, so we're making awesome. pizzas who wants yeah. who wants some uh and then we'll make them and put them in boxes and people can pick them up to go so that's awesome yeah. so it's gonna turn into a pizza shop are you going to own a pizza shop one day? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I mean... Would that be a dream? Or are you like, that's a lot of work? In the back of my mind, it's a dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and maybe in the, more in the middle of my mind, it's a dream. But yeah. uh, I feel like I also don't have, like, one, the funds to do that kind of thing right, right now. Also, to... Like, I don't have, like, the time yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Especially with having the shop. Even though right now it's a little slow. It's like when, when things are sort of back in the normal, it's, uh, it's not as easy to just, yeah. like not be here or because there's only i'm right now i'm the only one who runs the automated presses so yeah. if i'm not here then things aren't being produced and that's like a little that would be, yeah one day yeah maybe i mean i like i like the idea if i did it would mc pizza yeah what would you call it we joke that it's called bootleg pizza bootleg pizza okay. i just come out of the shop <laughs> but uh i don't know we'll we'll see yeah um so you're on the jax's rad podcast radcast radcast here we are i was gonna ask you i've been meaning to ask people this what is jax's rad do you know what it is is jax's rad (laughs) i mean i think i think when i saw it i thought that it was like a almost like a lifestyle-y kind of thing in the same way that like keep portland weird is and i think that was my mentality of it where it's like jax's rad it's like it's highlighting all of the cool and rad things that are happening in and around jacksonville yes Okay, good. Okay. I'm just making sure. Nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. Even in St. Augustine, they know. Okay, that's good. Good. Um, oh, here are like some people like in North Florida, I guess, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, that you admire as creatives. Hmm. I think some people that I really love seeing the work come out of are Keith and Cassie. Um, Keith Lowe and Cassie Diograssi 
uh, I hope I'm saying that right, but they're yeah. Small Caps Collective. Yeah, and they're so awesome. They're so cool. Uh, they both went to Flagler around the same time that I did. I think they were maybe like a semester or two behind me. But the work that they're they're creating now is is really incredible, and I always love kind of watching yeah. them to see what they're working on. Um, they do really cool stuff. Yeah. Same. Danny makes a lot of things here. Danny Simmons, who's like our, our in-house person, um, she makes a lot of really awesome stuff, and I love seeing whatever she gets to work on. Kendrick Kid. Kendrick Kid. Always. Just keep I mean, bringing yeah, him. just keep bringing them up. This stuff's so awesome. I guess it's like it's like a little hard. So like, there are some people. We, we have some friends up in Jacks. We have some people down in Orlando. Secret Society Goods are like really cool. Folks. Oh yeah, I just saw like you were doing a giveaway. He was them. doing one. Okay. He just reached ten thousand followers, and so he was but doing a giveaway. In it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Someone yeah, tagged me in it, and also future uh, friends or old neighbors. Like they're oh, yeah. they're always working on stuff. Uh, it's cool to see. What's like your favorite local like places to hang out? Ooh. So we actually we just created an unsolicited guide to St. Augustine, which is like a fun oh, yeah, a fun thing to work sweet. on. Because yeah. everyone always asks us, what should like people that maybe come into the shop be like, cool, you you guys are like really awesome. Like what else should we do while we're yeah. here? Or like in town, what else should we see or do or eat or or whatever? And uh, eventually we're just like we should just make something that has a list of our favorite things. And so we did. Uh, but I would say on the weekends, I probably am at the Blue Hen Cafe for breakfast. Oh, yes. That's a good place. So good. Going to the farmer's market on the weekends here. It's like checking out whatever they have. There's a, a woman there uh, who makes yogurt. Her company is Backyard Buffalo. Cool. And she has buffalo in Ponte Vedra. Oh, my gosh. It's wild. And she makes some of the best yogurt I've ever had. It's so good. She's got lemon. If you guys ever see it, you have to check it out. It's Where is that? In Pontevedra? Yeah. So, well, that's like, it's, her farm is at her house, okay. but she'll set up at markets. And so she set up here at the farmer's market that's on the awesome. weekends. Again, not right now because of all this, but um, I think you can even get it online and then go pick it up at her okay. farm. I think, I don't know. Uh, and then every once in a while she'll set up at Neptune Beach uh, okay. or like whatever markets are up in the Jack's Beach area. For coffee, we usually will go to uh, Dose, which is uptown, nice. or we'll go to Kubra. I mean, like every, it just depends on sort of where we're at. Oh, Tell me about, you got to go, didn't you go to Japan? I and did. met like a letterpress guy there. I did, I met two different letterpress guys. There. Did well, you? Well, two different shops and then a few different letterpress guys. Are they known for letterpress, like Japan? Japan in, in general? Japan? Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, I, I don't know if I could say like enough one way or the other, but um, so the machines that we have here in the shop are a couple different kinds. We have two different types of Heidelberg windmills, which one is used for foil stamping and one is used for letterpress. And those are German made presses. And then we also have um, two Klugies, uh, one for printing and one for foil stamping as well. And those are American made presses. Um, But then there are other companies that existed um, that in like when letterpress printing was sort of the norm, uh, some Japanese presses that were made. And so I got to go to a couple letterpress shops while I was in Japan and so awesome. talk to them and just see the kinds of work that they're doing. A lot of them also have um, windmills. Uh, it's a it's a really good industrial machine. It's very efficient and they're very common in general for parts. So it's pretty easy to get things in case um, something breaks or something happens that you need a part. Uh, but it was really awesome to see the Japanese letterpresses uh, because I had never seen anything like them. And in some ways, it was so crazy. it was almost like the two presses that we have sort of were morphed together and made a little bit smaller. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed my time in Japan. It was a lot of fun. I would highly recommend it for anybody who could get the chance to do so. Um, 
it's not like a cheap endeavor because it's like on the other side of the world to like fly there. Yeah. Um, and then once you're there, yeah, right. (laughs) Don't do it now. Don't please don't. Um, when you're there, it's not overly expensive. I I would imagine it's some things are about the same price as you would imagine they would be here. Um, some things are a little cheaper. Some things are a little bit more expensive. Fruit is one of those things that's way more expensive in Japan. And we got to see some really awesome letterpress books there, which we've even tried to stay in contact with um, over the like months and years now that I've, I haven't been there. But we have some letterpress pins that our friend in Tokyo made Sweet. here in the U.S. And we sent him some of ours that he can sell. Um, Where do you want to go next? Where's a good oh, traveling? Gosh. We were actually looking at going to New Orleans, which is not international. But yeah. um, right before we were going to go, all of this stuff... Um, with the COVID-19 outbreak started happening, it was like, oh, it's probably not like a very yeah. good place to go right I now know. or like really just traveling in general. So uh, once things are sort of um, back to normal, we'll probably make our way over to New Orleans um, internationally. I don't know. We've, I've like talked about going to, I don't know, maybe England. I've never been. And I think that it would be good to see. Um, there are also some direct flights to Amsterdam out of Tampa, which like, we have yeah. family there. So I was like, oh, oh maybe, that's awesome. Maybe yeah. It's super cheap. And I always fly out of, Orlando. Yeah. It's cheap. So, I don't know. We'll see. Really yeah. anywhere after being inside so much. I know. I'm just like, I feel like everybody I'm happy wants to, go anywhere. to travel. <laughs> I know. I was like, we're going to travel to St. Augustine. <laughs> Be great. <laughs> Is there like a creative, like an artist designer that inspires you? I don't know. Like, so I, I don't know if I necessarily see a lot of stuff that's uh, like, I, I guess I don't look towards designers specifically now. Like one of the biggest some of the biggest people that I look towards that are making things that I find inspiring are people like Studio on Fire, um, which is like a, again, like a big letterpress foil stamp print right. shop out of Minnesota. They do really incredible work. Um, and then some of our friends out in San Diego, Clove Street Press, uh, they are really awesome. And just like the two, like the quality of work and the intricacy in a lot of ways and the precision, I think, of all the things that That's those awesome. companies create are just really inspiring for me right. to see. Um, and it makes you want to be a better, like, better at what you do, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. I love being around those people. Yeah. I'm always trying to, like, push myself and then also, in some ways, like, push and pull clients if they are if they have the ability to kind of, like, do that sort of thing or if we can make something more intricate or um, have this sort of level of precision, then I'm, I'm always all about it. There are some things that I want to try and get more into, and mm-hmm. packaging is one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so shout out to anybody looking to get some packaging done. Yeah. Happy to help. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's a really fun process. And I think that when prints start to take this dimensional shape of right. like them becoming a container, it could be really cool. Yeah. And there's a lot of different planes inside of that, that can, that can happen. And I think that, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And so I always, I always find, I guess, like packaging in general inspiring, especially when I see presses printing right. them uh, and seeing how people set them up and, it is really interesting. Yeah. Oh, you'd totally do that. You'd be awesome at that. I yeah. can't wait to see those. You usually would just print anything sort of flat um, and then run it back through the press again with uh, like a cutting and creasing done. Yeah. And so it'll put score lines into where things need to fold and then also cut things out. So that way you can create any custom shape. So okay. like one of the things that we have up there is a little box for a chocolate bar that we had done for a studio in Orlando. And that was really awesome. Because uh, it was like one of the first packaging things after we did it. I was like, this is yeah, this is so much fun. That's I want to awesome. do more of this. Um, but again, kind of a specific market or use right. for that kind of thing. That's cool. And what's, so what is, yeah, what is next for you? 
for this? Gosh, I don't know. Like, it's it just seems like such a crazy uncertain time. I mean, yeah. I would love to say that the next thing for us is going to be some really awesome packaging projects. Yeah. Um, I would love to really do seems more like of that. It. That'd be cool. We have some like sort of artist collaborations, so things with Hiller that we're working on. Um, I'd like to maybe work on some new internal projects. There's one in particular that I have some ideas for, but I just haven't gotten them down yet um, as far as production goes. I don't know. I would love to be able to get a larger format press to be able to print things that are larger, just like posters or, or even like find a proper fit for our, our risographs now and just and focus more on that. I imagine that's probably going to be the next thing that we really start focusing in on is risograph and, and, and learning it the best that we can. And Yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. that's I'm excited fun. for what's to come for you. Thanks. And um, one last question. Sure. Why is Jax rad? Or St. Augustine. <laughs> uh, Jax is rad. in the 904. <laughs> Jax is rad because it includes St. Augustine. Yeah. I feel like the, the community overall, and, and maybe it's just that it's the times that we live in, but it seems like everybody is so supportive yeah. of uh, smaller independent creators. And that's been really uplifting to see. Definitely. To be able to be in a community that is supportive of what we do and trying to use us whenever they can, even uh, even though we know like we're not always the best sort of fit for things right. or that we might not work for that sort of time and maybe somebody will come back to us in the future to do something. But I think Jax is rad is, is like the whole community has been super supportive of of us and, and even like-minded people of yeah. us. And... Definitely. I mean, even before this, I was telling people, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go down to interview MC Pressure. And they're like, really? Wow, I love this stuff. Like everybody, I feel like it's so many people know you too and like know what you're doing too. So that's cool. It is. And I think that's like, I think that's really funny because I don't, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people make it known, I guess. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I hear that a lot in some ways. Or right. not a lot, but I, I hear it where people are like, oh, I've heard of you. And it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know who you are. Like, how are yeah. you? Like, I'm happy to like it's talk so with, with whoever, but it's like, man, um, hello? hello, it's kind of crazy to see what, what MC pressure has sort of grown into yeah. overall, because I just, I don't know. Yeah. To, it is really to me, cool. To me, it's just me showing up every day and just right. turning on the lights and answering some emails and getting on the press and then heading home, making yeah. pizza or whatever. I don't know. So it's really cool to see that it's being received really well. And I, I don't know. I think, I think in a lot of ways when people see that you care about something, mm -hmm. they want to help support you in that. And I think that if you care about something, it, it shows. Right. Um, and I think if you care enough I about agree. it, then you continue to get, just get better and better at, at yeah. it. And so well, and people know like you have great quality work too, and you have a reputation for that. Huh? So. Thank you. I'm, I'm I mean, very appreciative of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm glad. But, I'm glad to hear that. We do take a lot yeah. of pride in our work and we do try and put out the best things that we can. And I think that sometimes it's really, really tricky because right. some things are harder to physically produce. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate yeah. you uh, coming out here to, to talk to me. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. It's been cool. Just even like watching you grow in all these other businesses, even coming out of Flagler. Sure. Flag with pride, even yeah. more. Um, go Saints. But yeah, no, I'm excited for you and like even watching you grow even more. So it'll be awesome. Great. Thank Man, you so much. You're rad, Ryan. MC Pressure is rad. <laughs> yeah, it's just All rad right. is rad. <laughs> Radcast out. <laughs>